You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you for the air that we breathe. I pray that you move me aside as I am a sinner, Father. I mess up, Father God. Sometimes I don't feel bold. I feel ashamed at times. And I pray that you just kick me aside and you speak to your people. That your spirit will come alive through your scriptures and convict us and convince us, Father God. Help me to be bold. Help me to be unashamed. Help us to be bold. Help us to be unashamed. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So there was this newlywed, a husband and a wife. And when newlyweds, they, they, they just get married. Then they go, they, they get their house. And then they go shopping and, and they, they find furniture and so on and so forth. And so they were looking at a wardrobe in a chest of drawers. And they bought this wardrobe and chest of drawers. Now, it got delivered to their house. Now, their house, they have to go up the stairs to get to the bedroom. So they've got to carry the chest of drawers and the wardrobe up to the bedroom. Now, the people who delivered the furniture said, hey, we're not carrying this up the stairs. So they left it in the house and they walked out and drove away. Right? So you must understand this newlywed is a bit discouraged at, uh, at this right here. And so the husband was like, okay. Let's, let's, let's. The husband actually tried to get the Chester drawer up by himself. But then he had to humble out and ask his wife to help him. <laughs> and so the husband was like, uh, uh, asked his wife, hey, let's, let's, let's take this upstairs. So they got the uh, Chester drawer and they were able to take it upstairs. And then the husband was like, oh yeah, let's get this uh, wardrobe upstairs. And then the, the wife was like, ah, uh, no, I don't. That's, it's too heavy, no. And so the husband, like all men, tried to like bend it by itself and, and, and pull it by itself up the stairs. It wasn't going anywhere. So then the husband convinced the wife to help him with the wardrobe. Okay? So the husband uh, told the wife, you go up top and pull. And then the husband's like, I'll push because that's most of the weight. So the husband started pushing and the wife was pulling and they, they got it halfway up the stairs. And then because the stairs, it kind of you get up to top and it kind of curves and bends. So we so 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 the the, uh, uh, the wife and the husband, they got to the middle, middle of the staircase. And uh, the wife. The wife said, oh, I'll push and you pull. And the husband thought that was the dumbest thing that his wife had ever said. Why? Because the heaviest bit is at the bottom. But the wardrobe wasn't going anywhere. So the husband was like, okay, you go down at the bottom. The husband says, I'll go up and pull. And then the husband was pulling. The wife was pushing. It got up a step, then another step, and another step, and then they, they got it to the top. Got it to the top. And that wife started flexing. And that 
was my wife. I, I kind of blew it in the middle there. And I, I, I said, wow, my wife is bold and unashamed. And the title of the lesson is The Year to Be Bold and Unashamed. Matthew chapter 4. Verse 17, it says, From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near, and we'll stop there. Now, Jesus started his ministry about 26 to 30 AD. And the first thing that Jesus preached, his first sermon was to repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. We see that Jesus was bold with his first speech. Repent. That's controversial. Change. Do the opposite. Do something that you're not doing right now. He said to repent. Jesus was bold and unashamed of the message that he preached. Are you bold and unashamed of the gospel? Well, are you preaching the gospel? Are you sharing your faith? Are you bold like Jesus? Let's go to Mark chapter 1. Verse 14. It says, After John was put into prison, Jesus went into the Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. We see that Jesus, he had a situation in his family, but he still, he he knew that there was a message more important than his family. He knew that there was a movement more important than his physical family. He knew that God's will is more important than anyone else's will. And he preached the word of God. Jesus was bold and unashamed. Verse 16. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake. For they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Now this is very powerful Because Jesus was not thinking if these guys were open or not. That wasn't on his mind. He wasn't thinking if they were Muslim. He didn't think if they were Hindu. That wasn't on his mind. He wasn't thinking, oh, they might might be atheists. So I don't know if I'm going to share my faith with them. He didn't have that on his mind. He just said, come follow me and I'll send you out to fish for men. I'll send you out to fish for people. Jesus spoke with boldness. He spoke with authority and he was unashamed of what he was teaching. So he didn't care. He, he cared, but it, it didn't matter if people didn't follow him or not. He had a message. He had a message that he was going to preach. And it was up to that individual who heard the message to follow him. If you're here today, Jesus has a message for you. It's going to come with boldness and authority. And it's up to you to accept the message. Now, we see that Jesus was bold 
But with this boldness, he was able to become a dream giver. You see that? Jesus gave Simon and Andrew the dream. The dream to be fishers of men. To be fishers of people. To bring people to Christ. He gave them this dream. Are you a dream giver or are you a dream keeper? Well, when was the last time you brought someone to Christ? Maybe it's never. Maybe no one has given you that dream. Maybe you're sitting here right now saying, I I, I just don't have the dream. Well, I want to put the dream into you. But you've got to be open and allow myself to put the dream into your hearts. Scratch that. You've got to allow God to put the dream into you. Maybe you just don't have the dream. No one sat down with you and shown you what Jesus wants to do for your life. What Jesus, the, the purpose that Jesus has for you. And if you have it, I just want to challenge you to set up a Bible study after service and find out the purpose for your life. Find out what it, what it means to be a dreamer, what it means to be a dream giver. Maybe you haven't had a guest out for a while. Maybe you, 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 you haven't shared your faith in a while and you've become a dream keeper. And, kept the, and you're keeping the dream to yourself. I want to challenge you to change. Repent. Amen. For the kingdom is here. And we need to pull people into Christ. Amen. My first point. Be bold. Amen. Be bold. Now. There's this brother from Zambia. His name is not Jonathan. But there's this brother from Zambia. And he had a pocket knife. And it was in his pocket. And he saw a lion laying down a couple yards away. And you know how you know how the Zambians have quick feet. Quick, light feet. And the the, the Zambian brother went up to the lion and with the pocket knife, cut the tail of the lion. (laughs) And he turned and he he, he ran around and he started waving it like, yeah, just the pocket knife. And then there was a Ghanaian brother. You know those Ghanaians, right? The Ghanaian brother was like, bro, why didn't you cut the head off? And then the, the, Zamb- uh, uh, the brother from Zambia, he was like, well, someone had already done it. That's not what is, it, it, we, we can't be like that, Zam- that, that, that brother from Zambia. Yeah. He cut off the lion's tail because the lion was dead. He, had, he, he wasn't bold, but he acted like he was bold. That's not what it's going to take to win the whole world. We've got to be bold, bold, a 
as a lion. Proverbs 28.1. I'll just read it real quick. Proverbs 28.1. We're going to be in the book of uh, Mark today. And Proverbs 28.1 says, The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. You think about a lion. You think about being fierce. You think about being bold. You think about being loud. You think about being aggressive. You think about chasing people down. You know, sometimes you got to chase people down. You got to chase people down to come out to church. You got to chase people down to have their quiet time. You got to chase people down to make sure they wake up to go to work. You got to chase your children down to get up, to get ready to go to school. We got to be lions in our everyday life and chase people down. Now, the word bold means showing a willingness to take risks, mm. confident, to be confident and courageous. So to be bold is to be confident and courageous and to go out there and take risks. Mark chapter 1, on. verse 32. Now, we just read Jesus calls a few of his first disciples to come follow him. Then he goes to drive out an impure spirit in Caponium, Capernaum. And then he goes to Simon and Andrew's uh, house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was sick. And Jesus helped her. Jesus healed her. And then we get to verse 32. They're still at the house. It says, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who were ill and demon-possessed. Mark 1, verse 33. The whole town gathered, gathered at the door. Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. But he would not let the demons speak. Because they knew, he were, he, they knew who he was. And we'll stop there. This is very powerful because Jesus was very busy. And when you're very busy... Especially Jesus driving out demons, healing the sick, doing all these kind of things. When he gets to a home, you would think that would be the time where he could rest. Where he can now take it a bit easy. Now he can relax. And you know what? Uh, just being out on, on uh, Queen Mary, just mentoring some students and, and, and speaking to people about God, it can become a tiring day. It can be exhausting, and afterwards you want to come home and relax. Now what happened? It says, after sunset, people were brought to Jesus. Those who were ill and demon-possessed. So Jesus had already uh, um, healed the sick, drove out a demon. And he was like, he already done all that stuff. And then it says, the whole town gathered at the door. That there were so many people at that house, there was not enough room to go in. So Jesus was overwhelmed with problems. I don't know if you can relate that you've been overwhelmed with problems. You've been overwhelmed with people. People are just calling you up, asking you, how are you doing, bro? How are you doing, sis? Where are you? What's going on? You might feel overwhelmed right there. And Jesus was overwhelmed with people's problems. But what happened? It said he also drove out many demons. He accepted it. 
He told them to come. He was willing to solve all the problems. Even if he wasn't able to drive out everyone, all the demons, he, he was willing to do it. Now, let's see how Jesus became bold. Verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed and the church said, This is very powerful. After a long day and a long night, we, uh, we think, okay, we are, let's sleep in. Let's get an extra hour, extra two hours, because we've been up late last night. But that's not what Jesus did. Remember from last week's sermon, Jesus had three things. He didn't have people. What three things did he have? Word of God, love of God, and prayer. Even though he had some disciples with him now, he still he, he knew that his relationship with God is the most important thing. He went out and prayed. Jesus became bold and powerful through prayer. How is your prayer life? Do you feel powerful and bold? I think about Matthew 26, when Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus prayed, God, may this cup be taken away from me. Yet not my will, your will. And I was thinking about that. So Jesus, what does Jesus mean? Jesus was basically saying, God, please take the cross away. I don't want to die on the cross. If we were to translate it. Okay. And I I was thinking, that's actually quite bold. Jesus knows that he's going to the cross. Jesus knows he has to, but yet he prays, God, take it away from me. But is that bold? Sort of. But then when I saw the whole thing, it says, yet not my will, but your will. That's a bold and scary prayer. To pray for God's will and not your will. When was the last time that you prayed, God, not my will, but your will? God, not my... There's so many things I want to do. But God, not my will, but your will. I want to live in another country. But God, not my will, your will. I want to be financial, financially stable. But God, not my will, your will, and your timing, and your way. I want to do things my way. But God, not my will. Your, when is the last time you prayed for God's will for your life? Let's go to Mark chapter 5. And we saw Jesus, he, he, he went to God in prayer to be bold and powerful. We got to go to God. To be bold. Mark chapter 5. 
verse 1. It says, they went across the lake to the region of the, to the, region of the Gerasenes. Now, this region is made up of a couple of cities. And it's on the east side of the Jordan. East side of the Sea of Galilee, right? So this is the east region right here. We're looking at the east region in the Bible. East London. Stratford. Right here. Verse 2. Well, I'll convince you in a second. Verse 2, it says, When Jesus got out of the boat, A man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. That sounds like Stratford. (laughs) Verse 3. This man lived in the tombs and no one one could bind him anymore. Not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot. And he tore the chains apart and broke the iron on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones and we'll stop there. Mm. This is very powerful. We see that Jesus, he gets out of this boat and then it says, an impure spirit comes to meet him. And I thought about my own life and I thought, wow. Wow. When I step out my door, impure spirits come to meet me. They come to meet you as well, whether, whether you believe it or not. And I thought about what are the spirits, what are, what are the impure spirits that come to meet me at my doorstep? And I got three, personally. The spirit of laziness. There are times where I walk out my door and I think, man, I just want to go back to bed. I just want to go lay down. I want to be, I just want to sleep and watch a movie. The spirit of negativity. Oh, it's going to be a terrible day. It's cold. Oh my goodness, it's so cold. I just want to go back inside in the warm. Oh man, work. Oh goodness. The spirit of impurity. You walk outside that door. And an impure thought comes into your mind. Uh, A sexual thought about a woman. What spirits come to meet you in the morning? Mm. Now we saw earlier Jesus got up to pray to God. Mm. So he was able to battle this spirit. Now he didn't battle the spirit with his fists. Mm. But the way he battled the spirit was to be spiritual. And this is an issue in the East Region. We don't like to battle things with spirituality. We want to battle things with our own thinking, with our own mindset. But we got to battle things by being spiritual. Are you with me, church? What spirits come to meet you? What spirits come to tempt you? And I look at this guy, man. It said that it shows that he had, he had an impure spirit. He lived in a tomb. No one can bind him. People chained him up. He broke free of the chains. Like he couldn't drive the spirit out of himself. 
This guy had an impure spirit and could not drive the spirit out of himself. You know, being late shows that there's an impure spirit in your life. And it's not a funny business. But you've got to allow people to drive the spirit out of you. But guess what? You can't just allow anyone to do it. We saw the people here chained him up. And the spirit was still in the man. Sometimes we want to go to our friends, our sin buddies, and get open about our sins. Oh, bro, this happened to me. Oh, yeah, bro, that happened to me as well. Oh, man, oh, that's not, oh, yeah, that's not, oh, bro, what should we do about it? Oh, I bro, I don't know, I think I'm going to leave. I'm thinking about leaving. <laughs> and the spirit remains, you actually have, there's another spirit that enters you. But you got to allow the people that God has put into your life to drive the spirit out. Let's go to, um, well, actually, verse 5. It said, night and day among the tombs and the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. There are people crying out. You may be, you, you, you may be crying out in the church right now, but you, you, you just don't know which way to go. You don't know how to get it out, but inside you're crying. You're crying on the inside. You need help. But you don't know how to go about it. And it said that he was crying and he cut himself with stones. You know, 13% of, um, 13% of young people around the age of 11 to 16 self-harm. But this figure is much higher. But only a few get open about it. If you're in this room today, and you know you got a lot of issues, you got a lot of problems, you got a lot of things going on, I want you to get open about it. Verse 6, it said, When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. See, this guy, he he came to Jesus, he went on his knees, and he was afraid. He was like, Oh, Jesus, what are you going to do to me? You know, sometimes we can go to uh, 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 people in our lives. We can go to our mentors. We can go to our disciples. We can go to those spiritual people in our lives and feel like they're going to kill us. Feel like they're going to attack us. Mm-hmm. But Jesus shows here that no, we don't attack people. We attack the sin. Mm-hmm. We attack the impure spirit. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was bold. Yeah, come on. He said, come out of this man, you impure spirit. You know, it's uh, been amazing just being out on campus and actually studying with people who are willing to change. I remember studying with this guy um, and uh, this week we, we didn't actually have a Bible study, but we met up and we went through some of the studies and we went through his life, his mornings, because he, he wanted to be with God, 
He wants to read his Bible in the morning and he wants to pray. I was like, awesome. And I said, what, what, are you, what, are you, what are you reading? What are you praying? And he said, the Bible verse. <laughs> Devotional. And there's some places where he, 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 he was reading a lot. So I was like, okay. Let me, let, let me show you what I do in the morning. So I showed him what I, I did in the morning. And then he said, oh, I, don't, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't have time, you know, yada, yada, yada. I was like, okay, let's go for your morning. We went through his morning. We found out that he has an hour that he can give God every morning without fail. That's awesome. I, I didn't even do much. He has an hour he can dedicate to God and do everything else he wants to do. And when I showed him that, the next morning, he was like, Sean, I just did my hour. Come on. There was another guy. He claims to be atheist. And I was like, Raphael. I want to give you a challenge. Two-week challenge. To give God your whole heart. And for, for a second, he was like, he thought about it. He's like, okay, I'll do it, Sean. And we got to be bold. Yes. Maybe not everyone will listen. Maybe not everyone will believe. Maybe not everyone will stay. But we've got to preach the word of God with boldness. My second point, be unashamed. The word unashamed means expressed or acting openly and without guilt or embarrassment. It says you're, you're, you're vulnerable, but you don't feel guilty. You're not embarrassed about what, what, what's going on in your life. And you know when I feel embarrassed? When I focused on people. I'm so focused on what people are going to think about me more than what God's going to think about me. And I can feel embarrassed. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. We'll go back to the beginning. Verse three, uh, chapter three, verse one. Well, we, we know we know what's going on. Um, Adam, I mean Eve. You know she's deceived by what? The serpent. The serpent. Adam's deceived by the serpent. Uh, Eve is de- Adam is deceived as well, but Eve is deceived by the serpent. Eve then does what? She eat, she eats the fruit. Now we'll pick it up in verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good, for, uh, was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open. They realized they were naked So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And we'll stop right there. The fall led to them being ashamed. The fall led to their shame. They were ashamed of being naked. Before they were naked and it didn't bother them. They weren't ashamed. They were unashamed. 
Why? Because they were with God and they obeyed. See, when you make a decision to be with God and you obey, you feel unashamed. It's okay if I make a mistake. I'm with God. It's okay if I don't do something right or correct. It's okay, I'm with God. But when we're not with God, we feel ashamed, we feel scared, we feel, we feel, we're afraid of judgment because we know we're guilty. You know, the word shame, it's a powerful feeling of humility, uh, of humiliation, or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. So the fall, sin, leads to shame. But it also says when you act like a fool, it leads to shame. When you do foolish things, you end up feeling shameful. Why? Because not everyone's going to tag along with you. Not everyone's going to go on that foolish way with you. Sin will make you feel ashamed. Being afraid of what people will think will make you feel ashamed. And that's a foolish thing. To worry about what people think. Now we got people in our lives to help us. But it matters what God thinks. If God says that, if God sees that, wow, you're going down the wrong path. And he sends a guy in your life to say, hey, dude, you need to turn around because this is what the Bible says. You need to go on the narrow road, not the wide road. But because you only see man and you decide not to listen to man, you're not listening to God. Because God has sent that man to help you turn away from the wide road to get to the narrow road. When I think of being afraid and ashamed, I think about anxiety. There's over 8 million cases of anxiety in the UK. In England, women are almost twice as likely to be diagnosed with anxiety disorder than men. Anxiety is a type of fear associated with the thought of threat or something going wrong in the future. It can arise from something happening now. We get afraid. And want to become controlling. Men and women... You know, your fear of something can make the situation worse. The only fear that can make a situation better is the fear of God. The only fear. Now here's the same, same practical. To really learn how to be unashamed, the first step is just to get open. Get open about that fear. What do you fear? Do you fear your own salvation? Get open about that. Do you fear about family members? Get open about that. Do you fear about your job, about about money, about, about school? Get open. Get open about what you feel unashamed of. Oh, well, sorry. Get open about what you feel ashamed of. What do you feel ashamed of? Maybe it's how you look. Maybe it's your hair. 
Maybe it's your cl- the way you dress. What is it? Get open today. And my last point, bring it for close. Be bold and unashamed. Now when you're bold and unashamed, guess what? You become radical. Who here wants to become radical? Okay, only half of the... Who here wants to be a radical disciple? I don't believe you guys. You guys don't want to change. Who wants to be radical? Emmanuel, do you want to be radical? I don't believe you. Are you going to be radical, bro? You want to be radical? Alright, bro. Miguel? You want to be radical? Are you sure? Alright. I believe you. <laughs> Let's go to Mark chapter 1 real quick. Go on, bro. Verse 16, it says, As Jesus walked beside the sea of Galilee. Let's go to chapter 2, verse 13. It says, once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. Chapter 3, verse 7. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake. Chapter 4, verse 1. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. Chapter 5, verse 1. Jesus went across the lake. We see with Jesus, there is a consistency. What is radical? Well, radical is an action or thing which is especially impressive. So what's impressive? People think, okay, me going and doing 200 push-ups is impressive. But then for the rest of my life, I don't do any push-ups. Sort of, yeah, that moment was pretty cool, but then what are you doing for the rest of your life? What are you doing? I want to change your thinking. Radical, being radical is being consistent. And when you're consistent, things run a lot more smoothly. Jesus was consistent in many things. But where I highlight it is Jesus was consistent in where he taught. I showed through scriptures one place where he taught, and then another place where he taught is in the synagogues. So Jesus taught in the synagogues and by the lake, by the sea. Jesus was consistent in where he went to preach. We've got to be consistent in where we go to share our faith, and where we go to preach the gospel, and where we go and make disciples. We have to be consistent. You got to be consistent with your mornings. Who struggles with their mornings? All right, some are liars and some are telling the truth. We all struggle with our mornings. We all don't want to wake up. I I understand. I I get it. I understand. But if we want to do something radical, if we want to be bold and unashamed, we've got to get up. We got to pray to God. We got to get our boldness from God, not our boldness from one another. Not our boldness from our spouse, not from our children, not from our friends, but from God. We can spur each other on, but we can't get our boldness from each other. We got to get it from God. Mark chapter 6, last scripture. 
In verse 6, um, the second sentence, it says, Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the twelve to him. He began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no, mu- no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but no extra, sh- no extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place would not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed with oil many people who were ill and healed them. And a church said, this is so powerful. Because Jesus sent them out two by two. He says, take nothing with you. No money, no food, no belt, nothing. And I thought, wow, Jesus is saying, imitate me. Last week we saw Jesus had nobody with them, with him. He had no food. He was fasting for 40 days. He only had prayer, the love of God, and the word of God. And Jesus sent them out with prayer, the love of God, and the word of God. We've got to go out with prayer, the love of God, and the word of God if we want to be bold and unashamed. I want want to challenge you. Guess what happened with these guys? It said that they drove out many demons and anointed all many people who were ill and healed them. They started to do things that they've never done before. I want to give you a challenge. Do something you've never done for God before. Do something you've never done for God that is bold and unashamed. For some people, maybe share with a hundred, speak to a hundred people about God. For another, it may be to go out on the overground and have your first sermon. For someone else, it may be to walk from here all the way home and share your faith. It may be to get up at 4 a.m. every single morning. Do something you've never done before. This is the year we've got to be bold. We've got to be unashamed. And to God be all the glory. Thank you, Sean, for allowing God to use you in a powerful way. Let's give another round of applause. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D. O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H dot org dot U-K. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events, or devotionals, you can find all that on our website also. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Mm-hmm.